service today, I began praying about what God would have to speak on. And I kept hearing the words, be anxious and nothing. Be anxious and nothing. And I found it kind of strange at first because worrying has never really been a big thing for me. I mean, we all have our moments of, of things that get to us, but that's not something that has ever taken a hold of me that I just um, struggle with a whole lot. But I know there are a lot of people that really do. And so as I was preparing and studying and delving into the Word, I kept, I went to the verse and I kept getting more and more revelation from it. And it was like, oh my goodness, you know, like just thing after thing after thing after thing was coming to me. And I was like, this is so amazing. In the past year um, or so, God has really been teaching me to walk in peace. And although... It can be challenging at times. It can be more rewarding than you ever imagined possible. Now, some of you have known me a long time, some of you not so long. But if you have known me for any length of time, you know that I do like to be in control. I want to know what's, yeah, my husband's over there nodding his head. I want to know what's going on around me. I want to know how I'm going to handle it. I don't like chaos. I don't. I, I want to be in control of the situation. But God is teaching me how to let go and to trust him to take and take him at his word in every situation in my life. Because I struggled for a long time with giving that control to God. Because I wanted to take care of things. You know, it was okay for me to let God handle the big things that were out of my control. But God wants to handle everything in our life, not just the things that are out of your control. And I don't, I don't know why we do that to ourselves, but we do. And we can make things so much more stressful for ourselves just by taking that control and not letting God handle it. But God gave us his word, and his word is his will, which is what he wants for us. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to Philippians 4, 6, I'm going to pray real quick. Lord, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you that you have given us a guideline for our lives, Lord. I pray that you will give everyone here ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive the things that you have for them today. And I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm actually going to read this verse in um, two different translations for you guys this morning. The, the first one's going to be the New King James Version, and then I'm going to also do it in the Passion Translation, because that's the one I'm going to be using to break it down today. But Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. In the Passion Translation, it reads like this. It says, don't be fooled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real. 
honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Now, y'all just bear with me this morning because I'm going to delve a little bit deeper into this verse because there's so much in it that I think that, that God wants us to see. And I want you to take just a minute and do something for me. If you can take each of your hands, I want you to put, put one on each side of your head. On each side of your head. That space right there is not very big, is it? No. For no bigger than that space is, I don't know why in the world that we think we have all the answers all the time. But no, really. That's six inches, approximately, between your two ears. That's going to be the biggest battleground that you will ever encounter in your lifetime. It may not seem like much, but if you can't control this, you're not going to control anything else in your life. So, if you want to win, you've got to learn to fight the right way. Now, the movie we watched last week was a great example of this. I think it's just awesome how God kind of, like, works things into our lives, you know. And he, he just puts everything together. Just everything works together when we're following him. And it's just amazing how he does that. But that's because God desires for us to be successful. He wants good things for his children. He doesn't want us to fail in life. That's why he provided a guideline for us. He gave us his word. And the scripture is his will for us. That's what he wants for us. So I'm going to start back on the scripture, and I'm going to break it down into some different points this morning. And the first part of that verse in the Passion Translation, it says, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about anything. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Now, you can't be going this direction here, and then turn around and go this direction here, and back and forth, and think that you're ever going to get anywhere in life. You're never going to make it. You're going to be going one way or the other way, but you're never going to reach your destination. And God has a destination for each and every one of us. That is his desired outcome. A destination is a desired outcome. And he wants us to go in the right direction. I'll give you an example of um, worrying or, or thinking different things and not accomplishing what, what you're going after. i got a couple, actually. Well, let's imagine for a minute uh, you were driving, especially for the women, you were driving down the road and you got a flat tire and you were out of not close to home and you don't know what you're going to do for me, it would not be such a big deal because I do know how to change my tire, so I would not worry about it so much. But let's say you didn't, and you call your dad, and your dad said, okay, I'll be there in a little bit. I'm going to take care of it. Well, when your dad just gave you his word that he was going to come take care of your tire, you believe he's going to come take care of your tire, right? Yeah. You're not sitting in the car wondering, well, what if he doesn't show up? I mean, I know he said he was going to come, but what if he doesn't actually come? I mean, we wouldn't do that if our dad had told us. So why do we do that with God? Because that's exactly what we do so many times. God tells us something, but we go back and forth 
wondering if he's actually going to do what he said he was going to do. So, the other example, and this is this is a personal one that I've been to debating back and forth with, and, and I see that, that God is bringing different things out for me. But we have a house that we put up for sale, and I'm believing for that house to be sold. That's what I'm believing for. God's going to take care of it. That's what we need. That's what he said he was going to do. But every now and then, when I don't see results coming like I want them to, the devil puts these little thoughts in my mind like, well, what if it... What if it doesn't sell right now? Then what are you going to do? And then, then if you allow it to, your mind will go on a different trend thought, the opposite direction. And then I'm thinking, well, if this doesn't happen, I might need to do this, or I might need to do that. Or what if we should rent it out again? Or what if this? And what if that? But that's counterproductive to what I'm believing for. Because if I'm trusting God to take care of that situation, I've got to believe he's going to take care of that situation, whatever it is. In my life, whatever it is in your life. So if you want the outcome that you're believing for or hoping for, you, you've got to go at, in the right direction. The second part of that verse, it says, be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Now, at one time I used to look at, at prayer as more of a formal thing, I guess you would say. You know, <laughs> You pray in the morning when you get up and before your meals and whenever there was something big going on, like, God, please take care of this. You know, it, was, it wasn't it was a conversation or a personal relationship that I was having. But prayer, what it really is, is just communicating with God. Now I talk to him throughout the day about little things. I mean, I can be in my house and, and doing whatever, folding clothes, washing, I mean, anything, cooking, supper, and maybe I'm forgot something, I'm like, Lord, help me with this, or Lord, do this, or, and it's just a constant conversation, and that's what God wants with us, you know, he wants us to be saturated in prayer, he, do, he doesn't want us to just be like a formal, let me read this out every day, that's, that's not the type of prayer that he wants from us, he wants us to communicate with him on a continual basis, and when it says to be saturated, I don't know if you've ever thought about being saturated before, but what comes to mind for me is a sponge. Have you ever seen a sponge that's completely filled with water, completely saturated, and when you squeeze it, water comes out? Well, I think that's what God wants from us. He wants us to be so saturated in prayer so that when we get squeezed by things in life and stuff that we're going through, God comes out. third part of the scripture it says offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude I know Curtis mentioned earlier about thanksgiving and coming to God you know thanking him for our request but as I was reading this it says your faith-filled <coughs> request not just any request your faith-filled request now I know we talk a lot about faith but the more that I learn about it the more I realize that there's so, so much more that God wants us to see. And Hebrews 11.1, 1, if you guys want to turn there, this is the faith scripture. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, I'm going to break this up a little bit. Hope, hope is a feeling 
of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. So hope, hope is expecting something and wanting something, desiring something. And a substance is a particular kind of matter which something consists of and has a tangible, solid presence, okay? So this scripture tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. So that means it's the tangible presence of what we're hoping for. Not just wondering, is it going to happen? It's tangible. We can hold on to it. It gives us something to hold on to. But what I really want you to focus on is the beginning of this verse. Because it starts with the word now. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I kind of just kind of skipped over that reading it, or I didn't focus on that part of it. I kind of started with the faith part when I was reading that scripture. But there is no comma after the word now. I know that's a little bit of an English lesson, but when there's a comma, that means there's a pause, but there's not one. So it's not talking about now faith is. It's talking about now faith, which is an adjective describing faith. What that means is what kind of faith it is. And I don't know if y'all were here when Brother Phil um, described the word now the last time he was here. He said now is the time just before the present. And I was laying in bed the other night, and I, and I just got a whole other revelation of it. And the scripture says, now faith is. But if you think about it, faith is now. So now faith is. But what faith really is, is now. Now. The time just before the present. It's not something in the future. It's something that is right now. And I just thought that was so great. God just gives us little things like that. And there's so much packed into this little scripture that I was just getting excited. You know, Dad talks all the time. He's like, he doesn't preach to so happy. It was kind of like that when I was going through stuff this morning. I was like, God, thank you for the revelation that you're giving me in these situations. Now, the second part of that line says with thanksgiving or with overflowing gratitude, depending on the translation that you're looking at. So when we pray in faith, we should immediately be thanking God and praising God for the answer because it's already done. He is already working things out for you. Just as soon as it comes out of your mouth, God's gone to work. Just like that, instantly. The next part of the passage says to tell him every detail of your life. Every detail of your life. Now, you might be wondering, if God already knows everything about me, why in the world does he want me to tell him every detail of my life? I don't know if you've ever thought that or not, but I never really focus on that part of the scripture a lot. But it says, tell him every detail. And the reason he says specifically for us to tell him every detail is because he wants to build a relationship with us. Now, when you started out your relationship, you wanted to talk to that person all the time. Every waking minute, you were on the phone. <clears throat> you wanted to talk about everything. You wanted them to know everything. You know, you wanted to share every happy little thing, every sad little thing. You wanted to talk to them about all of it. It's the same way with God. He wants to know everything about us. He wants us to share 
every part of our life with him. Because building that relationship builds trust. And trusting someone means that you think they're reliable. You have confidence in them. And you feel safe when you're with them physically and emotionally. And trust isn't something that just happens by itself. It's developed. It's something that comes when we build a relationship with someone. And it works the exact same way with God. We, the more that we develop our relationship with him, the more that we can trust him to handle situations in our lives. Because we have that knowing, that relationship that we've built, and we can trust that he's going to do what he said. For somebody that doesn't have a relationship with God or who doesn't know God, it's a little harder for them to trust him to handle things because they don't know him. But when you have that relationship, you have a knowing deep down inside that he is going to take care of every situation in your life. And that trust is developed through communication. So I want, to think, I want you to think about your personal relationship with God for just a minute. We're all at a different level. Everybody is responsible for their own. Nobody else can do it for you. But I want you to picture a fuel gauge. Just like you would see in the car, you know, you have the empty and you have full. Picture a fuel gauge. But for today's purpose, we're going to call it a faith gauge. In your life, you have a faith gauge. So, God communicates with us through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, but primarily through his word. God's primary communication to us is his word. That's why he gave it to us. His word is his will, and that's, that's him telling us the things that he wants for us in life. So, if you want to hear from God and you're struggling in that area, get into the word, because that's where you're going to hear it. And the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or as that often says, hearing what God says. That's what faith is about. So if you want your faith gauge to stay on full, then you're going to have to continually be filling yourself with God's word. Because you're going to be running out on a daily basis. You're going to be using the things that you have inside. So if you're not filling yourself back up, then you're going to be running on empty. And then when you're running on empty, everything in life can affect you. That's when we start getting worried about things and anxious feeling and all those different things come over us because we're not being filled with what we need to be filled with. Have you ever noticed, and, and I take more notice of this now than I used to, if I start feeling overwhelmed, think about what you've been thinking about prior to that happening. Were you thinking about God and what his word says about you? Or were you thinking about the problems that you're facing at the time? Or the situations around you? Or what you're feeling instead of what God said? Now, the next part of that verse says, Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you. Through Jesus Christ. Now that part of the verse starts with the word then. And another English lesson for you. If it starts with the word then, that means after. Okay? Something happened before it. So we have got to do 
what was in the first part of that verse, then we can have that peace that passes all understanding. So if we're not doing everything that God told us to begin with, like to stop worrying, to saturate ourselves in prayer, to offer our faith-filled requests to God with thanksgiving, to develop that relationship with him, how can we expect to walk in peace? He, he's given us a guideline to use. Now, he says, then you will have peace and Christ will make the answers known to you. The more that I learn to trust God, the more that he's opening my mind to new things and to having a better understanding. And let me tell you, walking in peace is so much better than not. It, I, there is, there's no other way to say it. But when you're not in that peace, any little thing in life can upset you. And, I, I mean, just the smallest of things. And, and your emotions are like a whirlwind going in one direction and the other direction. And, and it can take a hold of us. And it'll, if you allow your mind to start thinking on those things, it just takes you down that other direction. And, and God's trying to teach us to go the direction that he has for us so that we can reach our destination, the things that he has for us, the place that he has for us. If you'll turn in 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, I'm also going to read this scripture in two translations. The first one says, examine yourselves to see whether you are still in the Christian faith. Test yourselves. Don't you recognize that you are people in whom Jesus Christ lives? Could it be you're failing the test? Have you ever felt like you were failing the test at times? I know we've all failed the test. None of us are perfect. But God has so much more for us. And that's why I really like how the um, Passion Translation brings this verse out. It says, now your souls will be strengthened and healed if you hold steadfast to your faith. Haven't you already experienced Jesus Christ himself living in you? If not, you are deficient or lacking. And if you have Christ living inside of you, you've got more than anything this world has to offer. You have everything that you need on the inside. So I want you to take a look at your own life. Examine yourself. Because nobody else can do it for us. We are each responsible for our own self, our own reaction, our own thoughts, everything. We're responsible for ourselves. And God longs to be a part of our lives. He loves us. He wants to be involved, but he's not going to force himself on us. You've got to make a decision to follow him on your own. It is, he gives us a free will. It is your choice. And the last part of the passage teaches us how to stay in victory or how to keep that peace. Isn't that what we all want? We all want to live a victorious life. We all want to have the things that God has for us. So that last part of the scripture says, so keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts 
on every glorious work of God, praising him always. You see, what you think about affects every area of your life. So you've got to learn to control your mind. Because God has great things that he wants for you. In Isaiah 43, 19, it says, See, I am, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. I love how that verse states. Because no matter what you're facing, it gives you hope. And you may be feeling as if you're living in a wasteland or that your spirit might feel dry like you've been in a wilderness. But I want you to catch this part. In that verse it says, God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. That means he's doing a new thing in you. He's doing a new thing in me. And he's doing it now. It says now. That scripture says now. And what did we say that now was earlier? Now is the time just before the present. It's already at work in you. So whatever it is that you're facing today, I want you to give it to God in faith and believe that he is already making a way for you right this very instant. Because God has so much more for you than you ever could have possibly imagined. So no matter what it is that you're going through, whether it be self-inflicted, whether it be something that's out of your control, God is in control of every single situation in our lives. He knows what you're facing. He knows the outcome even before you ever speak it. But he wants us to communicate that with him, to share our life with him. So take that time. Delve into that scripture. And instead of worrying about things that you're facing in life, turn around and give it to God. Share your request with him, and he will take care of every situation in your life. Thank you, guys. You go ahead and close it out, sir. You up? All right. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I thank you for bringing us all here today. Lord, I pray that you